Welcome to the power to live your vision. Living your dreams takes vision, determination, and the will to never give up. Our show focuses on people with inspirational stories of success, empowering you with the tools to accomplish any goal that you desire in your life. Remember, you have the power to live your vision. Hello, everyone. This is Jesse Bowen coming back to you with another great interview with people that are living their vision and who can add information that can support anyone that's trying to understand how to open the door. In other words, finding your life purpose. And today we have with us a martial artist, film director, star. Uh, He's got so many titles to his his name and his background, but, you know, he's a great person. I mean, you you don't meet a better person, a very humble individual, a person that really provides a lot of a lot of really good stuff to get you to sit down and to think about, and that's Art Camacho. And, again, we're proud to have him on the show. We're really excited. Uh, we did some stuff this summer uh, as an online event. He talked to martial artists and individuals about, you know, the stunt work, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they have an idea of what to do, but not really knowing how for this past summer. You know, he, did, he gave a lot of very valuable information. So today we're going to be talking about the power to live your vision, but we're going to be talking about that vision part, especially from the film production. You know, everybody's got a movie. <laughs> I always say everybody's got a book, but everyone has a movie. Hey, sir, how are you doing? Really good, really good, and thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so blessed and honored to be here talking to you. Thank you very, very much, brother. Well, you know, you and I, we can always get together and talk for days. <laughs> That's why I said we had to, you know, stop talking a few moments ago because I said, hey, listen, here, we used up all the good stuff. Let me start recording some of this stuff because it's really that good. You know, I think when I uh, reached out to you, I was really thinking about, you know, the power to live your vision. Uh, you know, a vision is about what you see, you know, and we all – have something going on within us and that's mm-hmm. going on inside our, our head. I mean, we could take and write our own script and send it to you. And I mean, everybody has a movie. And again, it depends, you know, it's some of the good, some of the bad, and sometimes right. the ugly that we're actually right. doing, you know, but before I get so involved into that, because we just finished our conversation, but let's share with the, our audience uh, a little bit about you, Art Camacho. Tell us a little bit about you, some of the things that you're doing, and, you know, and we can jump right. we got some good stuff today. Nice, nice. Well, you know what, and, and I said I said earlier, and, and to me, just, just in life in general, I'll just make a general statement before I give you more information, um, <clears throat> everything begins and ends with the martial arts, with me in my life. <clears throat> it's everything, my whole life view, my whole perception of, of everything goes back to my martial arts. And that's one thing that's very important because I want to, I want to stress that even though, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not competing in tournaments or I'm not making Kung Fu movies. 
doesn't mean that the martial arts isn't that important to me because it is. I mean, I, I really would not be here talking to you or, or making films without the martial arts. <laughs> That's plain and simple. It, it's much like my, my faith in, in, in God. I mean, without that, there, there, there is no art Camacho, you know? And, um, and, and getting back to, to your question, I mean, I basically started, uh, and, 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 I, and I've told this countless times, I came from a barrio and we were, you know, a, a poor, poor Mexican family, not, not destitute, but just poor. And, um, and, and I had a low self-esteem, and I still struggle with that. Believe it or not, I mean, people see me, and, 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 and they're shocked to see, you know, when I'm out there on magazines or cover, whatever, you name it, that I have, you know, I suffer from low self-esteem. And, and I do. It's a, it's a constant struggle. I have to keep, you know, reassuring myself, hey, we've got to keep going. But that drives me, brother. That drives me so much, you know. And, uh, and, and going back to growing up is that I used to be bullied a lot in school and, and uh, you know, my, my parents divorced and they were always having issues and <laughs> there was drinking in the family, all kinds of stuff. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, when I say that, I don't say, oh, look at pity me or look at feel sorry for our Camacho. Heck no. Heck no. No, man. I took that. And obviously at the time it isn't the most prettiest thing, but I took that negative and turned it into a positive. I became so introverted, I, I got into my, my Marvel comics or DC comics, and then Bruce Lee, when Bruce Lee came along, into, into that world. And, 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 and I started creating in my mind the, 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 the person I wanted to become. Not the person who I was, because I was kind of screwed up, and I still am. <laughs> but the person I wanted to idealize. I thought, you know what? If I can be this guy, wouldn't that be cool? And then eventually, brother, I became that guy. And, and it is kind of cool, but it's a struggle. But it is kind of cool because that guy that eventually led me to films, to directing, to choreographing, to acting in films, writing. <clears throat> you know, right now, we're developing three projects that are just so cool, so cool. Um, as a matter of fact, and I think the last time we talked, I, I told you that uh, I just uh, I had wrapped up a talk show for El Rey Network, and it was a cool talk show called The Camacho Experiment. And um, so it, it did its run. It, it ended in uh, February on, on, on El Rey TV. And then from there, we got a big distributor, Samuel Goldwyn Films, which is, you know, the Goldwyn Films, go, go way back to the inception of films here in Hollywood. They picked it up, and they're going to start taking it to Latin American countries to, to you know, to, to show it down there which is kind of cool because I, you know, I never pictured this in my life. This is not something that I said, okay, Art Camacho, you're going to produce, right? You're going to host your own action martial arts interview show. No, man, it just came, came through, through again, what you put out there. And I find that that's kind of a, a true adage. What you put out there generally comes back to you. Could be bad, could be good, but it's whatever you put mm -hmm. out there, brother. You know, and that's what that's what my life has been, man. My life has been from this fat little kid from the barrio who was a victim of being bullied, who literally got his his, his butt handed to him, uh, you know, when he was 16 by gangbangers. I mean, I got seven stitches over my right eye and stitches all over and beat up. And 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 for that little kid, that's what drove me. And and I say that in a, in a, in a in a positive way, because honestly, if I hadn't had all those negative experiences in life. 
I don't think the drive would be as strong to succeed in this industry or in this, in this life as, as much as it is because I tend to get comfortable <laughs> and God has never let me get comfortable, unfortunately. Well, yeah. that's the story we want to, that we really want. That's what the power to live your vision is about. No matter how bad a situation is, you know, because I came up with a very similar lifestyle. Someone says, really? You know, I came up with a very similar lifestyle and I have to take those days to check in. You know, I have uh, just retired and moved back towards my home and, started a new business and all that kind of great stuff. But, you know, I'm about 20 miles from where I grew up, about 30 miles from where I grew up. And I have to drive back to that old rundown house Mm -hmm. so I can check in, (laughs) you know. So you got to turn back the curtains every now and then to see where you used to be to see where you have arrived today. And I think, you know, that's not about your ego, your attitude. That's just that part just to give you that motivational drive for you to, to keep moving so that, you know, that power to live your vision, don't let it stop when you reach yeah. a certain point that you feel that it's over. It's really only the beginning. And that's why every day, every day we get up, guess what? It's a brand new day brand new beginning and you know the world is for you and if you live in god's purpose and you walk Mm -hmm. forward you will actually see that purpose and you'll see those things start to manifest in your life because but you have to be an optimistic person you have to be a positive person you have to and remember you know hey everybody deals with that that inner part of of uh confidence you know because if you were picked on you still remember those days. <laughs> you remember that guy, Jackie Young was my bully, took my school money, and, and you know, I mean, I still remember. It was 50 years ago, and I still remember Jackie Young. You know, I said, that experience still lives. Is nothing that was taken off, but that decision through the martial arts that I would never be picked on again, or I was going to, at the age of 21, nobody's going to, that's it. And, I, and after I saw Bruce Lee's movie, Enter the Dragon, Oh, no, nobody's going to be picking on me, especially if they know martial arts, man. All the stuff right. we did to all those guys in the movie, I was going to make sure it wasn't going to happen to me. But let's, <laughs> let's check in just for a second. And let's talk about, I think, you know, that movie thing, because that power to, to, to live your vision. So yeah. in, the, in the structure of creating uh, a movie, someone, what, mm-hmm. they bring you a script, and and you start from there. So what's the process? Well, here's the process. There's so there's there is there's so many, especially now. Now, brother, there's much more opportunity than there was when I came into the business in the '90s. Because I started in the '90s doing stunts. I mean, first I started acting. I, I started in a couple of films. Then I gravitated towards towards fighting stunts. And then immediately within about a year, I gravitated towards fight choreography. And when I say I gravitated, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to be a choreographer. No, I created the circumstances where people asked me to choreograph for them. But having said that, and, and again, this is, this is the important part, because I just actually, I just, you know, every day I scroll through my space, my social media, and then try, I always try to give, give, give people some good words from my experience. But one thing that's very important is that, that in terms of the choreography, let's just, right now, let me just say a few things on that. 
Choreography is part of storytelling. It has zero to do with kicks, punch, falls, whatever. It's what story am I telling with my body, with this punch or with this kick or whatever. And, um, and it has more to do with rhythm, flow, dance than it does with actual fighting. Okay, it could be brutal, could be very artistic, could be stylistic. But at the end of the day, you're telling a story that people want to see. Okay, boom. Moving on from there. And that's what I did. I started putting myself in scenarios where people started hiring me because they saw that, that in me. And that helped me develop my, my, express my vision even more. But I had to do my homework. A lot of my homework was watching other people, watching how people work, watching how people relate to each other, watching films, studying different martial arts, watching different martial arts. I mean, all that stuff, it's, it's literally it's going to school. So, so some people go out there and they think, okay, I'm a Kung Fu guy. <laughs> I can choreograph. No you, no, you can't. Maybe you could, but chances are you can't. Or you, you can, but you won't do it good. <laughs> you know? You won't do it good. People think, oh, Akim, I got a big personality. I, I, I can act. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because what acting is, again, it's an art form. You have to create yourself. You have to, every role you have, <clears throat> you know, it involves really getting down and, and understanding who these characters are and, and what what motivates them, okay? So that's what I'm saying. I mean, on the surface, everything looks easy. On the surface, everything, hey, look at this. And I can throw a kick. I can choreograph. Hey, I can say, you, I can tell jokes. I can act. No, 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 no. If that was the case, everybody would be doing it successfully. Now moving forward to how people get into movies. How did I get into movies? I used, I wanted to, to understand it, so I, I literally went on a set, started finding out how to become an extra. I was doing so much research, and finally, I got on a few movie sets. And I did that for like six months, early on, before I did film. <clears throat> I did that for six months. And, and here's the typical thing, brother, that happens on set. <clears throat> Extras go there, and they go out there, and they, they like to hang out and you know, the, the MO of the professional extra is to go on set, you bring your chair, you bring your, your lawn chair, you bring your book, and you, you bring your whatever clothing they ask you for, and you go there, you sign in, you go to craft service table, <laughs> get your donuts, get your cookies, and then you sit down all day, and then you talk about your, your claim to fame, how your, your elbow was seen in here or your face was seen in here, and you brag about, you know, yourself. And... Uh, to me, that worked for, for like a week. <laughs> After I got a little, little, uh, little, little chubby by eating all those donuts and cookies and everything else, I said, oh, my God, this is not for me. I can't do this. So then what I started doing was sneaking around, watching the crews, watching, because I always worked on big, big TV shows and big movies, but I was watching how they moved the camera, how the director talked to his people, how the cameras worked, how did the acting and lighting all those elements, I started learning. That was my schooling. So then, you know, after after a certain period of time, I just started, you know, meeting the right people, and then eventually got my first. There were non-union gigs, little small gigs for 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 next to nothing gas money. Even at that, I would do it for free to go out there and to, and start fighting on film. But again, prior to that, I already had uh, that. I had a gift for. I, I learned early on how to just by playing around at home, how to, how to stage fights, how to, how to sell fights. <clears throat> One thing that's very important 
again, and it, it's all going to go to it. It's all leading somewhere, brother. Don Wilson, I did. Don Wilson was on my show. And one thing we talked about, which is very important in his career as a kickboxer, was defense. Everybody can punch. Everybody can punch and kick, and they look great. They look like Bruce Lee kicking, punching. But not enough people focus on defense, on not getting hit. So Don told me there were fights where, where the entire fight, the, the opponent's glove never touched his face. Never. Not one hit on the face. How amazing is that? That was that just blew me away when, when he told me that because in reality, in reality, most of the great fighters, whether it's Jackie Chan or whomever, they started off. I mean, look at Jackie Chan. Started off as a stunt guy, learning how to take the hits, learning how to take the falls. <laughs> and that's what made him so great. He was so good at selling it, you know? So then when he started really started taking on the lead roles, he could dish it out and he could take it. And, and, and that's what's very important on, on, on fighting because you can't go out there unless you're very lucky or you have certain, you know, certain commercial marketing uh, elements that studios want or need. <clears throat> Most of the time, you're going to be the bad guy taking the hit. So I used to joke to people, it's like, look, what are the chances you think if you do your, 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 you're doing a film with Steven Seagal back in the 90s or Jean-Claude Van Damme, 80s and 90s, what are the chances that you're going to win the fight and then be the hero of the movie? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> because people aren't paying to see you. They're paying to see them. So you better be damn good, damn good at, at selling their hits. Okay? So that's number one. So now, now, now comes to, now we'll talk about the writing of the script. <clears throat> Same thing. Exactly what you said. We all have tremendous stories in our lifetimes. We all have amazing stories to tell. Every one of us, no matter who we are. But a script, getting it sold, getting it distributed, getting it funded, that's a whole different beast because it's a business. Unless, unless you're doing your own short film that you're funding yourself, you're getting your friends with your cameras and all that stuff, that can be done. But if you're pitching it, like let's say in my situation, <clears throat> this is my livelihood. It's not my hobby. It's my livelihood. If I don't make films, I don't eat. So which means I have to be writing, I'm, 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 I'm writing, I'm either producing, writing, developing projects, um, you know, acting in them or choreographing them or directing, producing, you name it. I mean, the whole gamut. But it's a business and I keep that in mind. So let's say, for instance, right now, I have a film that, that we're developing that I already raised some of the funds for that we're, we're in meetings with different funding sources. And it's a very commercial film, but as I expressed in our conversations before, is that it's a very, uh, it, it's more than commercial. On the surface, it's a commercial film. You're thinking, okay, there's enough action in here. But deep down, the characters have to resonate. The characters have to resonate with loss, redemption, a lot of those universal elements that we feel. And that's where people miss the boat. A lot of people send me stories, send me scripts. I, I get this a lot where I got, I got a story that'll make a great movie. Great, 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 great. I think it's fantastic. But can I do it for you? Not necessarily. Why? Because I, the first question I ask is, is, okay, do you have the script done? Okay, no, I have a story. Okay, great. Question number two, do you have an attachment? Do you have something that's commercial valuable, like, like mm -hmm. a, you know, a, an actor who has a big, big name in, this, in the, the territory or whatever? And the answer is usually no. Okay, do you have any funding for your film? And generally, 99% of the time, the answer is no. So those three things right away 
eliminated for me developing it because I have to have films that people will buy. That's the thing. And, and people have to, you know, get past their own personal ego and say, okay, great. How can I tell my story in a commercial way to get people attached, get people behind it, and that will sell? You know, it's like if you open, you know, you open a shop, whatever your shop is, whether you're selling toys, whether you're selling cups or, or food, are people going to buy that? You know, you might have the most unique, unique cup in the world, but number one, if you don't know how to market it or, or, or if it's so impractical, it has holes at the bottom, generally, unless it's a gag gift, people aren't going to buy that cup, you know? So it has to be, you have to separate yourself, divorce yourself from the personal and put yourself as the businessman, the businessman, you know, you approaching yourself, Hey, would you buy this? And do you think hundreds of thousands of people around the world would buy this? That's what's important, brother. That's what's important. And of course Mm. there are always the exceptions, you know, always the exceptions, but that's, believe me, brother, that's, that's the biggest thing. Treat it as a business, you know, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's it, pretty powerful. Yeah, you know, that's thanks, pretty brother. powerful. And I was just sort of, you know, listening and taking some notes here and sort of drawing this back in, which was really, you know, you know, pretty, pretty outstanding. How do we, you know, take that and relate it back to our lives? And everyone, this is what you really have to do in finding your purpose. You know, you really have to sit down and, and become aware of that story that's going on in your head. And you have to determine the value. But I think in the summary of what what you said is that your story has to have value that uh, people around the world would buy your story. And that's the thing that we have to, the the thoughts that we're having, you know, what's the value in these thoughts? You know, are we stuck in the hatred stuff? Are we stuck on stuff that really has no value? And at the end of the day, you know, when you step away from it, you say, you know, my thinking didn't make any sense for me to think that way, but I did, but it doesn't really make any sense. So, you know, it's sort of like in the film businesses, when you're producing that film, which is your life, yeah. what do you see? Yeah. I mean, you're stepping away from that and not just, not just, you know, when if, if, if I'm at a place in my life and, you know, just like we're writing the books and things that I write, you know, mm-hmm. I try to write that book and shared, and I had to find the, the value in the books, in the Who's Who and the Martial Arts books. Yes, I had to find that. the value. Mm-hmm. And and that value wasn't about people and how many trophies they won. That was right. about their ego. And uh, yeah. most of those people would only buy, would buy a book or wouldn't buy a book, you know, because it was mm-hmm. ego-based that they're in the book. So I changed right. it, and I began to write about, why you started the martial arts, and what is the benefits that you received from the martial arts. So the book turned to be an automatic success because we changed the value. The value wasn't about your trophy because mom that's looking to put little Johnny in a martial arts school, she doesn't really Mm -hmm. care about your trophies. In fact, if you got a whole lot of trophies, she's going to say little Johnny will never be able to be that, so that's going to be a waste of my time and money. But (laughs) when you put the value back in – Hey, I was picked on, and I mm-hmm. got involved in the martial arts. I'm a black belt now, and now right. these are my accomplishments, you know, as a black belt. So now that story, and mom gets a chance to see that 
you were exactly where little Johnny is. And because martial arts helped you to be able to grow to that next level, now that becomes value. So, and the more that you paint that story, create that, that, that movie in her head of what her son will be or her daughter will be, then, you know, no matter whatever you're charging, but, you know, because you have value, people will pay it. In many cases, even if they can't afford it, they'll find ways to pay it because it makes them better. So, I, you know, we have to think about it. So this is that good think about it. So if, if uh, you know, if someone had to bring a script out, what's playing? If someone said, if I would say stop right now and write down what's going on in your head and we're going to turn it as a movie. Would it be mm-hmm. a love story? Would it be a horror story? <laughs> you know, but you're the writer. You know, you are the writer of that. So, you know, so when you decide right, with pen and paper to begin to write, overwrite what's naturally happening mm-hmm. in your head. And because right. the more that you focus on these things, the more those it becomes the reality, you know, uh, you know, you watch a good, I know for me, you know, especially coming up, boy, every time Black Belt Theater would come on, man, I'd be out on the floor kicking and punching and watching the movies and, and you know, work, working those kung fu movements and, and all those things because that movie inspired me to, to, be able to, uh, to be able to get out there and to do. So you create yourself through what's going on in your head. And you want to create in your head if you had to take that to a a producer. What how would what would your movie actually be? And remember, yeah. getting into the visualization. So that's mm-hmm. when you can have something there. You know it in your head, but when you sort of step out of it outside of it and begin to visualize it and right. really begin to see it and not just mm-hmm. think about it, but now yeah. to bring it into living color, you know, in your head, what would it, would it be pink? Would it be green? And that's the thing about meditation and visualization, because right. you can bring into your mind and say, well, and visualize your wall in your living room. You say, well, I want to paint. You can close your eyes and say, well, how would my wall look if I painted it a light green? Mm. How would the wall in my living room, if I painted it red, and because you're already in your living room and you have a good mental imagery of that, so when you close your eyes, it's like that movie screen, and you have the control to change the color of the room to give you a better indicator of what that should look like. And, you know, uh, when we were talking, you know, I heard about using your gift. We all have those special gifts. And when you can recognize that you have a gift, you do. You may not Mm -hmm. see it, but there's something unique and special about each one of us. And when you act upon your gift, then that becomes to empower you. Uh, We also, you know, what I got out of what you were saying, Art, was that, you know, you can try to be lucky or if you want to be successful, you have to go and mimic success. You have to study the most successful people that are where they're, they're, that their martial arts program is super successful. 
then don't don't envy and hate them and call them McDonald's and Mac Mac Karate's. You know, go and find wow. out. You know what makes that instructor successful. And if yes. someone says, you know, well, I don't like his technique. Well, I would tell you that you go to that person and say, well, listen, you know, I love your business strategy. I'll do your trade-off. I'll teach you my good technique if you teach me your great management skills. You know, that, you know I mean, that's what, you, that's what you actually do. So you have to build on that and that you're not trying to succeed by luck. You know, you have now developed the skill work you study. Uh, you and see just from studying, you know, I, you know, uh, you know, I studied just like, uh, you know, I use bowling for an example. You know, I got so involved in the bowling. I was bowling 50 games a week. I joined wow. the league. I, I, I began to do tournament play. You know, I won 40 amateur titles and there was nowhere else to go. You know, right. when the, when you walk in the room and, Everybody's complaining because you walked into Rome. You know you don't need to be in that room anymore. So I turned <laughs> pro, but it was wow. only because I didn't want anyone to laugh at me bowling anymore that I put right. that much effort and that much time. I wrote a book, Zen Bowling, the College of Better Bowling. I coached wow. the first African-American to become PBA Rookie of the Year. So, mm-hmm. But when you begin to study, just because when you develop a better life, that opens up those other doors for other people to be able to gather. And then, you know, yeah. I heard you say in what you were doing is that, you know, the character, you know, you, the character, you know, that you, you have to be able to see yourself as the star because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just looking at yourself as a player, then nobody, mm-hmm. you may not have the value. Nobody comes to see, to the movie to see the guy that's, that's the, that's the uh, add-on guy. They came to yep. see the star. So when yeah. you uh, move into your life, then you have to have that confidence that you are the star. And you start by the words you're using, what's going on in your head. So did I sum everything up? <laughs> no, you did, you did phenomenal. And, but the thing that, that to add is, is, is um, I'm not driven by ego. I am driven by passion. I'm very mm-hmm. passionate about what I do. I really am. I really, and, and that's the mistake we make. We have to distinguish between is this ego-driven or passion-driven. If it's ego-driven, it's really, you know, it's going to be very destructive and, and it, limit, you know, it minimizes your chances of succeeding. If you're passion-driven, that's where I think where living the dream comes in because you're living your passion, not your ego, but your passion, you know. And that's very that to me at least that that's that's such an important key of of everything. Because ego is look at how bitching I am, whereas passion is look at what great things we've done. You know, it's, it mm-hmm. becomes a we. We're all in it together. You know, and um, and again, you know, if you, you go back to 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 I'm going back to to Bruce Lee. Just, I mean, he's a study <laughs> on self actualization. If you look at his words, you look at his what he's done. The character he created, he didn't mimic anybody. He became this this being. He, you know, his battle cry. Everybody was yeah, 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 and he came out with that little cat cry. You know, and mm-hmm. look at the look, look at the moves. I mean, come on. I mean, you know that that was amazing what he did, com- considering everything that was out at that time. And that's the thing. You have to come out with something like like again, like we were saying 
something unique to you, something special, something that people will want to see and get excited about. And that's what Bruce Lee did way back when, when he came out. But again, if you look at his progression, I was actually going to do, do an article on, on his, uh, <clears throat> on the evolution of his fights on his films. But if you look at the first things he did, whether it's Green Hornet, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was cool. And he kicked and he punched and then he very limited acting, <clears throat> but, uh, but it gave him the opportunity to learn cameras. And then when he started doing, you know, the guest starring roles like Long Street, you know, uh, then he got into his own. He started, then he became, you could tell, he started becoming Bruce Lee when he did those episodes on Long Street because it was written around him and his passion and his, his art. And that, that led eventually to, you know, to, to, to Fist of Fury, you know, Chinese Connection and so on and so forth. But he became, he didn't mimic. He didn't just, just, uh, just mimic for sake of mimicking. He became, he brought his own uniqueness his own passion, and like you said, he kept saying the words, he kept saying the words, believing the words, internalizing the words, and, and you know, and look, what he, look what he did. I mean, gosh, to this day, to this day, and, and you know a lot of great martial arts, I know a lot of great martial artists. Um, you know, when, when Dana White says that he's kind of the godfather of, 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 you know, of MMA, that says a lot, you know, all these guys. So you know, and that's, and that's what we look at is, you know, that all the contributions that uh, you know, people, and this is the reason why your lineage is so important. And, yeah. you know, that you can connect yourself to something because yeah. that becomes the foundation. And, but you can grow from it. And this is where yeah. so many uh, instructors made a mistake was that when they began to limit their students opportunity for the growth and understanding, especially in America, you know, in America, right. you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, every, it's, it's instant. Everybody wants it, you know, really right now that they don't, and, and, but they don't have it. They'll tend to make it up, which is, which is cool. Cause hey, it's, it, right. you know, everything can go, but mm-hmm. you know, I think coming back to that one key thing and so many, because even when someone makes stuff up or they exaggerate, you know, yeah. truth always is the is the benchmark. And if you are not truthful, you know it. Your performance is not know. There's something that always sings in the back of your head which limits you from being able to go to that 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 next level. You know, that thing about, you know, I wanna be great but how do I get there? Uh, well, I don't want to work for it, but I I still want greatness, you know. You know, uh, so that just that just doesn't match. That's the reason why, uh, you know. I would say that you know, the, you know, anyone out there, if you are looking for the next evolution in your own life, stop. You know, evaluate where you are. Make a confession. You know, that's the first thing you have to do before you move forward. Some people are stuck in things that they don't want to confess. You know, you know, uh, you know, uh, becoming a a spiritual person is all about confession. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to you have to be honest with yourself that you know that about your life. When you become honest, those other doors can open up. And when you make a decision and in your life that you want to begin to see a different life then you start doing that. But that's what you want to do. You have to really have that vision. You have to find that thing, you know, find that person. You know, I mimic, 
I mimic it, their styles of great speakers like Les Brown, Tony Robinson. You know, these guys are my mentors when I'm doing coaching and speaking. Then I want to present because because I want to be able to emulate the success they have and then move it to the next level. But if you don't have something to see a guy, then it's hard to be there. But you know what? And that's the thing. And, and here's what I go. And this is the truth in my life. When I first discovered Bruce Lee, I wanted to be Bruce Lee. I'm, I'm this 13, 14-year-old kid. I wanted to be Bruce Lee. But most people get stuck there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I, I wanted to be Bruce Lee. And I, I bought the yellow Game of Death kind of suit. And I wanted to be Bruce Lee so bad. But then as you mature, as you grow in the martial arts, as in, you 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 use Bruce Lee as the, to, to the greatest influence in my life was Bruce Lee, then my, my sequel, Eric Lee. But then I, then I wanted to be Art Camacho. I wanted mm-hmm. Art Camacho. You evolved from that. You mim- I mimicked him. Believe me, I mimicked him and I stole from him, whatever. <clears throat> and, uh, but you evolve. But I, and, 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 and what's very important, brother, and I don't know if you've had this, you know, in, in, your, in your journeys with people, <clears throat> there's two things when I run into a lot is that people want to do it, but when I tell them how much work it is, they don't want to put in the work. They just want, okay, I just want to be in the film. No, well, it's my, it's my living, my <laughs> life. You know, you got to fucking learn. Excuse my life. You got to learn, you know, some, <laughs> something, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And secondly, they'll come and tell you. And this I get, I recently got this from uh, people. People run into me at different events, non-martial arts, some of them are not non-martial arts events, where they, yeah, yeah, I trained in kickboxing, or I trained in this, I trained in that. Oh, really? Great, great, and and I and I mean it in a sincere way. Oh, great, who is your who's your sequel? Who's your instructor? Oh, I forgot. How can you forget? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Everybody <laughs> wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Ooh. the funniest thing, brother. I can't tell you how many times people are are struggling to tell me who their sequel or their sensei or guru or whatever, you know. Okie doke. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> well, you know, this has been really great. And, you know, I really do appreciate uh, who you are. And uh, as a person, I really respect, you know, your achievements, uh, especially in the film industry, uh, you know, your philosophy. And that's the reason why I really enjoy talking with you is because, you know, it always brings something, uh, you know, it makes me better just to be around positive people and, and that we're saying the same thing, but we're maybe saying it in a different way. And you you have to translate that out to how it fits into your life. And, I, you know, this was a great interview. And everyone, you know, if you're really sincere about changes, because I'm a prosperity coach, I'm a life coach, I'm a mental performance coach. So everything that I do works from the inside out. I'm a certified sports hypnosis coach. So I work on trying to get in there and understand that, that what, what's binding my life or binding an athlete's life or binding anyone that wants to move forward, realize there's something better in their lives is actually inside of them. It's not an external force. It's not an external thing that you're having to fight against. It's the internal force. It's that internal part 
that's, that traps someone. So you have to look at yourself and, and say, is, am I being trapped by something that happened when I was a child? Am I being trapped into poverty because, because my parents were there? Uh, am I in an abusive relationship because that's all I know, my mom, my dad, or someone else, or my last spouse, or whomever? I was in that abusive relationship, and what I attract into my life uh, are the things I don't want. You know, so the power you to live your vision is really about how to be able to make that connection. Any last words, sir? Any uh, promotions or uh, anything we should do? I know you you have a book out, so tell everybody how to get to your book. Yeah, right now it's you can you can order it through me. You can you know uh, find me out on social media, but it's on Amazon. You order it through me, I'll autograph it for you and all stuff. But Amazon has it, and 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 again the book is just it's called a, a filmmaker's journey. And pretty much it was just my talking to somebody about how I got into film business, how I changed my life. And, again, the two biggest influences in my life have been, number one, our Lord and, and the martial arts. And I keep saying that. Even though I'm a sinner and I keep falling on my butt, brother, <laughs> every day I get up. <laughs> well, that's it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right because he's, he's a forgiving God. And, you know, yeah. you know just like today, we're, you know, this – of us even being together on this call is about something that you're saying in your journey that may touch someone's life to make it, to make a difference. So, you know, I always look at every time we're talking about how to become better at living uh, a, a spiritual life, then, you know, we're, we're doing savior work. You know, we're helping people to find a new path that they have the choice. It's a great thing about being human. You know, we are that we have that. You know, no animal has that ability to make that choice. We have the choice of, of making choices on what we want to do. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And and I got to tell you, you are such an inspiring person. And listening to you, I, I follow you a lot on on social media. You know, thank you, thank you, from the bottom of my heart for being who you are, brother. I really well, appreciate I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, sir. I, I appreciate that. And everyone, you know, again, as we have, you know, ending our program today, I really hope that we have said one thing that may go back and touch your life to make you better so that you will have the power to live your vision. Be blessed, everyone. And, hey, this is Jesse Bowen. See you next time. Remember, you have the power to live your vision. Check out our website, coachjessiebowen.com.